You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, welcome back to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield University basketball. And it is time for the first time this new season to hear from the second-year head coach of the Stags, Jay Young. We're joined, of course, by the Fairfield Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Joe DeSantis. And I'm Bob Huesler as we get into it, getting ready to start a new season. And uh, as many of you know, it's a season we weren't all sure it was going to arrive. And for some programs, the season is arriving late. And uh, in many regards, it's a season that remains uh, a day-to-day proposition. But the goal is to get to March. And for the Stags, step one is this Wednesday at Providence. And here we go, Coach. You haven't had a red and white scrimmage, no preseason games. You had a COVID-related shutdown. You're still uncertain about some of your key transfers, but now the start of the season is staring at you. So the first question is a general one. With everything I just said, how is it possible to actually get a feel for your team? Do you have a feel right now for uh, what this addition of the stacks can be? Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Bob. And, and thanks, Joe. I appreciate you guys having me back for another year. Um, the I, That was the first time you ever introduced me as the second year head coach. So the good news <laughs> I, made, I made it through one year. So I, I guess I'm still here. But uh, it's been, you know, I think every coach has used the word challenging. And uh, it's been a, a, a challenging uh, eight months or so since we last got together. And, uh, you know, I think really we're all in the same boat uh, as far as uh, programs go. Some are in better shape than others with with not dealing with COVID, but all of us have had to deal, uh, deal with it in some fashion. And, you know, really the message to the guys are we got to practice today. It was a great day. Um, and we just do, just like you said, Bob, we take it day by day. Uh, we got our test results back today. Everybody was negative, knock on wood, and we had a that's a great day for us. And uh, we can only control – what we can control and that's being safe and, and doing the best we can and social distancing and wearing our masks and, and trying to maintain uh, as great environment as we can. But it, do I have a feel for the team? I, I like the guys. I, I think we'll know a lot more actually when we throw it up on Wednesday, where we're at. I'm worried about the limited practices we've had obviously um, because of this thing, but I'm also, you know, they've, they've done a great job and I'm anxious to play someone else. And I know they are too. Can you give us an idea exactly of, what you have been able to do this preseason, both uh, in terms of work getting done and how many days you've actually been able to get in to do that work? I think practice uh, today was like practice 26. So that gives you an idea where we're at. We would usually have a lot more if you include the yeah. summer, certainly. We would have had a, you know, probably double that before we, we got a chance to play. The first few weeks back, Bob, were, were mostly all uh, non-contact stuff. So it was small groups working in small groups, a lot of shots, a lot of offensive stuff. And then, you know, really over the last three or four weeks, we started to integrate the whole team, get back together, and we're able to do some, some contact. But we've, even with that, we've been, you know, dialed back on that tremendously uh, just because you're worried about guys getting injured and you're worried yeah. about the lack of contact that they have had. And we've, we've dealt with some of those issues as well. Joe, I know you want to jump in here. Yeah. I know 
Joe, you've had actually some worries yourself about uh, as a former coach and a player, you look at this season, and I know you have a, a, a unique perspective on this as well. Well, I, I, I'm tending to look ahead, and I'm tebin, tem, um, tending to be Debbie Downer here. I'm allowed – my contract, Jay, says on these podcasts that I'm allowed to ask one pointed question. <laughs> Are you anywhere near pushing a button? If you could push a button and said, let's end this freaking season and start over next year, would you do that? No way. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I wouldn't. If you, I, I can tell you this if you ask me if we could maybe move it back a couple months and see where we were at and, and hope that there's some sort of vaccine that has, has at least made everybody f feel more comfortable and move the final four back, I would probably agree to that. But, uh, you know, I want to play. The kids want to play. This is what we do. Uh, we know how challenging it's going to be. Uh, but I want to, yeah, I mean, I want to go. Now, if, if, if you ask me if I, we could move it back, I might agree to that just to, okay. just to see if something, you know, if, if this vaccine we could get, you know, just a little bit of a hold on this thing and everybody would feel a more, little more comfortable with it. Are you I don't, worried? I, I feel this. I, I don't believe we will go without interruption. Um, I, I don't believe that right. at all. I, I agree. We're absolutely going to have interruption at some point. And I know this is a question that pertains not only to your program, Coach, but every program in the country. Uh, I'm sure coaches are answering this on a daily basis about the fear of, of injuries, particularly in this early season, uh, because of what you just said, you just haven't been able to go as hard as you normally would uh, for fear of getting hurt. I mean, I guess my question is, it's hard to be play in between on that, isn't it? You're either all in or all out when you go, you know, to the throttle on, on Wednesday, as it turns out. How do you, how do you walk that line as far as uh, coaching is concerned? Yeah, we've we've been very conscious of it this year. Just I, I think we started going a little harder, and then we got some some guys banged up, and then we dialed it back. Um, with I don't know if I've ever been around a year where more guys have like hit knees or jammed fingers, or you know, Cal had a, a shoulder issue that he. It, and I think a lot of it is just the lack of being off uh, so much where they weren't even playing pickup games. There was literally no contact at all. And then when you, even if you try to ease into it, it was just, you know, guys were just getting banged up. So uh, there is a fine line. We've tried to, you know, be as aggressive as we can, but also very conscious of, of trying to have some bodies here as we, you know, we're, we're going to play uh, five games or, or five games here in what, 11 days. And we're really conscious of, of having healthy guys. Yeah, it's amazing. You think about it. You're playing an NBA-type schedule here in a situation where you would want to have the opposite. You, you would want to more or less ease into it as opposed to that. But this is what you're dealing with. And, um, well, let's get into what I'm sure a lot of our fans want to hear about, which is, you know, the personnel issues. And we'll start with uh, what has been the elephant in the room for Fairfield this early season, the, the status of uh, two transfers. You're trying to get waivers for uh, Jake Wojcik and Zach Chrysler, uh, as we speak to you today, a couple of days removed from the Providence opener, where are we at with that? We uh, still don't know. Uh, it's been frustrating. It really has been, Bob. We two great kids and feel we have very compelling arguments for them to play immediately. And uh, we just don't have any information. We're, we were hoping to hear something today. Maybe we will still. 
certainly we're pushing the envelope. We're trying to get some information on them, knowing that we've got to play in less than 48 hours. But as we stand right now, we do not know uh, with, with either Zach or Jake. So it is possible that you could literally be getting ready to play that game on Wednesday and maybe actually get positive word or, you know, on, or it could be negative word as well. But it could actually come down to, a, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning or something. Is that correct? It's 100% correct. Yeah, we, you know, I, I, I've asked if we could take them on the trip if we don't know. Uh, right. Preparation that we hear something late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not ideal. Um, and I feel bad for them. I feel bad for, you know, they're, they're sitting around and obviously very, very anxious to play. So, so not hearing every day is, has been frustrating. Joe, I know you have some specific questions about both of those players, uh, yeah. hoping that they actually can contribute. Well, I mean, just a statement. And uh, I'm really, I really want to talk to you next about the, uh, the, the two birds in the hand, the, the transfers that are eligible, but talking about Wojcik and Chrysler, I mean, Wojcik gives you, a shooter, you know, a, a, a guy that's played at a higher level. And I think you really need that. You had problems with scoring and shooting and handling the ball last year. And then Chrysler, you have a, a handful of big guys, which I was impressed with. Bob and I saw your practice Saturday. But Chrysler gives you another body. And if you're going to play the Providences, you're going to need, you know, you're going to need a wide body like that. So I think um, – just, you know, expanding on those two. I think those two are real important to you. But I do want to talk about the two birds in the hand, if you will, Caleb Green and Chef Galakunlande. I think I said that right. Um, those guys are impressive. And how have they come along and how do they fit in? Yeah, they've been uh, – both have been great, Joe. You know, we saw – and you guys saw them in practice last year. We knew we had to wait a year. And, and uh, you know, Caleb's just what – Came's advertised cerebral runs the team, uh, gets guys in the right position. Uh, one of the best leaders that I've been around in, in over 30 years of coaching just leads by example, got to kick him out of the gym every night. So uh, I just love his makeup as, as a, as a person, uh, he's a good player. He's, he's uh, you know, he's shooting the ball better, still a little inconsistent at times, but you know, his ability to get guys in the right spots. And uh, I think we'll be a better shooting team uh, because he will get guys, you know, the ball um, on target, on point, and, uh, and make it easier for guys to make shots. And, and Chef, you know, Chef is, I, I say, tell this everybody, he can step on any floor in college basketball and athletically compete with anybody. So, uh, you know, his ability to rebound the ball, especially on the offensive end, he can guard multiple positions. Um, you know, those are the type of guys I like. So both of those guys will certainly give us a lift. And uh, we've waited a long time for them, so I'm glad they're, they're finally eligible. You know, Coach, Jay, when you look, I'm sorry, Bob, quick one. Coach, when you look at Chef, you, you, you want to say to yourself, or at least I did, boy, you got another Vincent Easy. Looks very similar, but he's a little different, as you mentioned. He can go out and play in the perimeter some. Yeah, he's more of a, a three-four type, and and right. we're gonna have him guard some some fives, no question about it, because of his quickness, his athletic ability. But yeah, just kind of puts it down a little more ex offensively, can expand his game a little more than Vince could, but plays with the same kind of edge that Vince did. Um, and like I said, you know, like I don't care who we're playing, uh, he's gonna match up athletically with the best of them in the country. He really is. He's an explosive, explosive athlete. And I think, you know, I tell him every day he should, his goal should be to lead the Mac in offensive rebound. And that'd be a great goal for him because he's capable of doing that. 
Yeah, it's exactly what I wanted to ask you about, Coach. Uh, you just said it. How much does he burn to do that? You've, act, you've obviously challenged him in that regard. What kind of feedback do you get from him in terms of uh, what you gather is his desire to go out there and, in fact, lead this conference in rebounding? Yeah, he's Chef's been awesome. I mean, really bought into what we're doing. When he came here from St. Bonnie's, I had that discussion with him that he's got to probably change his game a little bit. Uh, he wanted to play on the perimeter a lot want to take more threes when he was at Bonnie's and kind of be a two, three. And I envisioned him a more of a three, four, five, a guy who plays around the basket can guard different positions. You know, sometimes that's not sexy for kids, but he's been great. And uh, we're going to need him, especially when we go up to Providence and, and they've got just, they just kind of keep coming at you with six, seven, six, eight athletes up front. Certainly we're going to need that athletic ability and his ability to cover guys, um, you know, right away. And, and Joe touched upon this when he asked you about those two. Um, who have been with you now a year as, as practice players, we all know that Fairfield, compared to last year, you need to score more this year. How much can those two guys in particular be part of the solution in terms of providing points? Well, hopefully they're, you know, they're a big part of the solution because we, you know, we, can't, we can't have success playing offensively and scoring the numbers that we did last year. We just – I mean, everybody knows that. So, um, you know, certainly uh, uh, love the job that Taj did at the point guard spot for him. We kind of put him in a tough spot knowing we'd have to wait a year for Caleb, but just moving him off the ball, letting Caleb, uh, you know, play his true position. Uh, I'm hoping with just that addition alone that that's going to get us more assists on baskets. What we couldn't do last year it was very difficult for us to get assists. Uh, and uh, and he just makes – he just gets some guys um, – some easier looks than we had last year by getting the ball up ahead, throwing the ball, like I said, on target. So I'm hoping that they help, help tremendously. Other guys obviously have to elevate their games too. That's part of it. But, uh, you know, just those two guys, um, I sleep a little better at night this year <laughs> than I did last year. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we've got a long way to go in that regard. And, and I, I'm not certainly putting the weight of the world on their shoulders. Everybody's got to get better on that end of the floor. You just uh, mentioned Taj, uh, Taj Benning. How much better is he going to be this year resulting from what he went through last year when you basically asked him to be your Swiss Army knife? Yeah, he's been great in practice. I, you know, I, I hope that continues because uh, he's just kind of played that 2-3 spot for him for us and you know last year we had to run the team uh, know all the calls know where everybody was then we said we went down on the other end of the floor we said okay now guard the best perimeter uh, guy on the other team as well so it's it's a lot and it's a lot especially if it's not something that you kind of do naturally um, so he did a tremendous job for us but just watching him this year where kind of his plate isn't so full uh, and he's just kind of uh, gone back to playing a little more freer, I think. Um, he's been great. So um, just hoping that continues. And, and you know, Taj, Taj, my type of kid, brings it every night, you know, yep. plays his tail off. Um, just love him. And, uh, you know, you know he's, he's going to play because of, of, you know, how hard he plays and how hard he competes every night for sure. Joe, I know you asked some questions about some of the other guys, uh, returning players. We haven't gotten into the frosh just yet, yep. uh, Joe, but what about some of the other returning you, guys? You know, I'm really curious, I think, and, and a lot of people, a lot of Fairfield followers are about Jesus Cruz. You know, Bob and I especially have seen him from day one where he's done some really good things. It looks like, and you mentioned this last year in our podcast, the scouting report caught up to him. 
And while he's good elbowing in one-on-one situation and a possible, you know, go-to guy, teams converge on him and it becomes a problem. Your conversations with him in the offseason nowadays, what are you looking for him to do? Is he going to be a bench guy that maybe, as I mentioned, can be a point getter and, and someone you go to? maybe with better shooters on the wings. Just curious what your role, what the role is for Jesus Cruz this year. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and again, I think we, you know, we kind of put Jesus at times in a bad position. We needed points. Uh, we didn't have a ton of options to get him, and, and probably, uh, you know, put him in some situations where we were asked him to do a lot. And then he felt at times last year, Joe, well, if I don't score, we got no chance of winning. And, mm. and, you know, that led to some, probably some shot selection issues and, and stuff like that. So my message to him this year is, is we got, we got more help. Uh, just go out and, and play your game and don't worry about uh, points. Don't worry about shots. Those just kind of take care of themselves at the end of the day. And he's one of those guys that you don't have to call his number and he'll, he's just going to get, you know, shots. So that's, that's never a problem. And he's really worked hard. You know, obviously we sat down last year and gave him all his numbers and we did a presentation with all the guys. And, and for us, you know, we, he had to shoot the ball better from three point range. And, and so far he's done that. That was a glaring detail. Uh, so he's worked really, really hard on that. I give him a ton of credit. He's in the gym constantly. If I leave at night late and I uh, hear a ball bouncing, in Walsh, should say Zeus in there working on the three. So j- just really don't feel the weight of the world on his shoulder. Just play with him what we're going to do. And uh, I-, I think he's going to be an important part. Like, a- again, I think if he just kind of does what he does in-, in the flow of our offense without forcing stuff, he's going to end up having much better numbers than he did have last year. Yeah, Joe and I can attest to what you just said. Uh, you were kind enough to let us into uh, practice the other day, which is no easy thing to pull off these days uh, with all the restrictions. And we saw Jesus long after practice had ended uh, putting up those shots. So Joe and I can uh, be eyewitnesses or were eyewitnesses to what you just said. And continuing on the theme of the returning players, you know, you had a guy, uh, Alan Jean Rose, who started last season as kind of a question mark. And then by the end of the season, he was part of your starting rotation. And uh, physically, you look at him now and you see he's, he's bigger. And another guy who is physically filled out a little bit, and I know you want to get more out of him in terms of uh, the, the muscle, is Chris Mido. But these are guys who could take a big step forward this year. I, I know I'm stating the obvious here, but uh, I know you're counting on them as well. Yeah, we are. I mean, I, if, if uh, losing the summer, I think, hurt two guys more than anybody, it was Chris and – and AJ just to have them uh, in the weight room every day and have them, uh, you know, working on their bodies. They had very limited access to kind of some weight and strength equipment back at home. So I was disappointed we didn't get the summers. But Chris came back, you know, heavier. Uh, certainly, still a long way to go in that department. But just a different player as far as the way he's practicing. Uh, you guys probably were here early last year where you saw Chris, Chris really struggle to get through, through physically a two-hour practice. It was just a real struggle for him. Uh, and this year he's doing this that with ease. So just the development of, of his game. He's uh, playing more on the perimeter. Uh, you know, we, we played him at some five. We still do. Uh, but, uh, you know, it depends who kind of – if he, he's going to get up against those physical fives like Providence has, it's, that's a little worrisome for us still. But uh, he's, he's really come a long way. You can see his confidence growing. And, 
And, you know, it's no secret that I think Chris could be, you know, at the end of his career, one of the special, special players at Fairfield. And AJ's came, came back. We think he grew a little bit during the summer and uh, again, came back a little heavier. Uh, he's, you know, AJ's got to continue uh, where he left off at the end of the season. Obviously got to shoot the ball. Another guy who's got to shoot the ball much better from three. Uh, you know, I'm kind of on AJ about getting a trick offensively, whether it's re- offensive rebounding, whether it's driving in the basket. So he, he's a, a, been doing a great job for us um, in the preseason as well. And uh, will be an important part of what we're doing here moving forward. How about Calvin Whipple? Uh, he's your lone junior on this team. What's his role? Well, you know, Calvin's ability to shoot the ball. Uh, he's got to be more consistent. You know, I think that's the label on him. We've worked on uh, kind of him putting the ball down a little more and driving to the basket so he's not so one-dimensional. But he's certainly got to shoot the ball and shoot the ball at a, at a, at a more consistent rate. He, he'd be the first one to tell you that. Unfortunately for him, he's been one of those guys who's missed a, a good part of practice with a shoulder injury. He's been, just been cleared to come back the last – a few days. So uh, he hasn't had much practice time at all, but, you know, Cal's a great kid, brings it every day in practice and, and uh, you know, we got to just get back him, get him in a little better shape and up to speed here as we go forward. Joe, I know you like to look at uh, the YouTube clips and uh, you like to watch guys and have them pass your personal eye test. And uh, just wanted to lead that, uh, lead you into asking about uh, what it looks like to be a pretty good trio of, uh, incoming freshmen for the Stags, Joe. What uh, what would you want to ask about them, and what are your impressions about them as we set it up for Coach? Well, you, you know, I, I, I think um, the three kids you brought in I like. I was really, really impressed with Supreme Cook at practice the other day. The kid's body uh, doesn't say freshman, you know, and um, um, Jason, obviously, uh, I'm afraid to say his last name. I, I don't want to get hurt of you. <laughs> so, I'll let you do that, Jay. Uh, he looks like he's out for a while. But uh, I've always been impressed with offensive players. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm not coaching anymore. <laughs> but uh, Jalen Leach, to me, is a skilled, skilled kid who uh, I think can do a lot of things uh, on the court. So I, I know he's hurt right now, but what's what's the update on, on Leach? And, and if you want to roll with the other two guys, uh, do so. Yeah, uh, you're 100% right with Jason. He's, he's uh, I guess I, I just say he doesn't break a sweat offensively. It just kind of comes easy to him. Uh, he's got a, a very developed offensive game. Uh, as good as as some of the freshmen I've been around, I, I was comparing him to Gio Baker with Brian Dewey the other day at the same age. It's some of the things that they can do, and Gio's an all Big Ten preseason guy. And uh, Gio may be a little more bouncy and, and that type of thing, but just with the offensive skill set, reminds me a lot of Gio, some of the things he could do. But he's been banged up with some tendonitis in his knee. We sat him out for a few practice, whereas we're expecting him to be a go against Providence. It's been like a nagging thing with him, so – uh, you know, this is the tape. Tape. Of, we're at that point in the season. We got to tape him up and and get him going. But um, and you said you said Jason. You meant Jalen. Oh, I'm there. sorry. Yeah, yeah, Jalen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jalen's been good to go. And and Jason will not be available. Unfortunately, he's tested positive for mono, and he will not be available till um, mid December. So he's going to be out. Um, he's had a tough start here, but we he's a very talented kid. Um, and we're hoping to get him back. And you're right about Supreme. He's got a uh, he, he, just a, a physical, uh, hard-playing, 
uh, guy who I, you know, Joe, I've been impressed kind of with his touch around the basket and his use of his left hand, something I really didn't see uh, a whole lot when we were recruiting him and we got him late, you know, after he decommitted to Columbia, but uh, just really kind of impressed about his feel around the basket and, you know, got to get better with some of the defensive concepts, but, you know, we've got a really good freshman class that I'm happy with that, that uh, now we got to build on. Well, of course, uh, sorry, Bob, in practice, uh, Supreme dumped like every basket he made. So I was concerned if he had a touch. You know, sometimes you're in awe of guys that dunk right. everything. Right. So if he's been dunking everything his whole life, what kind of touch did he have? So I'm glad to see that, and, and I'm sure he's going to have a tremendous career. Yeah, and he's been, you know, again, he's been missed some practices too with some knee stuff early. We got him uh, going. He had a pretty serious knee injury coming out of high school that uh, that he's back from and, and doing well now. But we had to sit him out a little bit just to strengthen up that knee muscle. But, uh, yeah, no, he's he's um, plays hard. Uh, we're going to throw him right to the wolves here against Providence because they got some big physical front court guys. But uh, just love uh, – Again, love how uh, hard he plays and how he competes on a daily basis. And I just wanted to, again, clarify uh, where you're at health-wise, Coach. You just mentioned some of the guys are a little banged up, but Supreme's good to go. Uh, Jalen should be good to go, but Jason Edipai is going to be out. Yes. You just mentioned the date. And John Kelly as well is out right now for you too, right? John, Yeah, John's got a foot issue that he's dealing with, and we're two to three weeks, we've been told. So, um that's where he's in a boot right now, and he will be out as well. Here we go. We'll put you on the spot now. If uh, we asked you right now to name your starting five, uh, could you and would you? <laughs> well, you know, uh, yes and no. <laughs> yes, I thought I thought so. I, that was that was a setup. But you have a good idea of what you. I know you know what you're going to do on uh, Wednesday, but. Um, are there, will there be any potential surprises? I mean, Joe and I could speculate and fans could as well, but any potential surprises on who you might throw out there on Wednesday? We'll have Starters. A, I'll, give you, well, I'll give you a little teaser. We'll have a freshman in the starting lineup. That's all I'm going to say. We'll have one, okay. at least one. Good. Okay. Good. Well, we're looking forward to that. How about the schedule? We, I, I referred to it earlier. I mean, for goodness sake, uh, four, <laughs> you are dealing with all these, uh, and along with everybody else, all these – COVID-related issues, um, and you got four games in eight days. I mean, here it is. Uh, obviously, you take it one at a time, starting with Providence. But uh, if we were to look forward, look ahead to what you got this weekend, back-to-back, Stony Brook and, and Sacred Heart. Um, the challenges, uh, well, Providence presents. Give the, a real quick capsule on them. And then if you've given it enough thought, I know you're just dealing with Providence, but your thoughts on Stony Brook and Sacred Heart as well. Yeah, we- you know, great test coming out of the gate for us, obviously, with a very talented uh, Providence team. Uh, I, I said this to someone, you know, I've watched so much film on them. I'm like a fan of Providence now, that the way, how hard <laughs> those guys, how hard that they play. And it, as the Fairfield fans certainly will attest to, is, does a terrific job. But really just um, very competitive team. They are going to be really challenged on the glass. They don't allow you to, you know, on the defensive end, very aggressive, don't allow easy catches. So we're going to have to work to score and we're going to have to do a great job on the glass for sure. Um, and, you know, they just kind of keep coming at you with these athletic front court guys. You know, they just, they're like cloned or something. They got the, all these six, seven, six, eight guys who can run and jump and uh, really attack the glass. So, um, you know, just, just a, a really 
a good challenge for us to open up with. And then uh, Stony Brook has a whole new team for the most part. So I've watched very little on them and Sacred Heart. I know we had a very good year last year, but our focus is, is really, you know, just on this Providence game. We'll worry about Stony Brook and Sacred Heart after that. But, you know, the goal was to try, we, we want to reach this 13 game threshold and, uh, we got 20 league games and you're worried about shut, you know, a possible shutdown at any point. So you tried, I think every team in the country tried to load up their non-conference schedule, certainly uh, early with as many games as we can in case something does happen. So, uh, you know, we kind of jammed some games in here, but that we felt that's our, you know, trying to, trying to get in 13 games if something does happen that we want to get these early games in and, and see the, see what we can do here. Yeah, and you know what? Fairfield is fortunate in that regard. Challenging schedule, but uh, my unofficial count, I had Ryder, Siena, Marist, Niagara, Kinesis. None of them are playing non-conference games. I think Manhattan has one scheduled non-conference game against Fordham, so it should be pointed out that, yes, that seems to be, and for fans who don't realize that, yeah, 13 games is the requirement to uh, get into March. Uh, and hopefully we all do get into March. What were your, again, quickly, your thoughts about what the MAC decided to do with these home and home series, where you're going to be playing five home series, five road series, and the same team back-to-back nights? Yeah, I thought it was really smart. Um, you know, it's the best way to protect teams if, if you did have someone test positive. If we were to go up to, let's just take the Canisius Niagara trip. If we were to go up there and, uh, and we had someone in a play in a game that was positive, we would affect obviously our team, Niagara, uh, Canisius the next day, and probably the opponent of Canisius, whoever. So four teams could have been impacted by one positive test mm-hmm. where now uh, certainly would be two teams, but you, but two other teams would not be. So I thought for the, for the safety and welfare and the preservation of a schedule that that was the smart thing to do was to go back to back. Like it'd be unusual, but I thought it was, is the, it was the uh, prudent thing to do. And you could see that a lot of conferences followed that same model. Yeah. And for Fairfield uh, out of the gate, that's uh, Siena is going to be the, uh, the first uh, conference uh, opponent at home. And then you get, uh, let's see here, Ryder at the end of the month. And then we're, uh, we're off in Niagara on the road in the middle of December as well, and off and running. And uh, one bit of news, some fans may know it, some may not. Uh, William and Mary is off the schedule. You do not have to travel down to Virginia to play them in December, do you? Yeah, that's correct. So we, you know, obviously that game was scheduled and it was a return game for, for us. Uh, when we scheduled that, we were hoping that things would be much, much different than what they are now in terms of numbers and, and uh, you know, I want to thank Dane Fisher was just great uh, working with him, you know, kind of checking in with him every, every couple of weeks to see where we were at with that game. And we just got to the point where both of us agreed that we need to move it back a year for everybody's um, everybody's health and safety. So appreciate, um, you know, Dane's understanding and, and working with us uh, to get that game moved back. And another question that you and every coach in the country is dealing with right now, your thoughts about playing in an empty gymnasium i mean we've heard we've seen major league baseball teams do it we're seeing football teams do it and on and on but uh you haven't had to deal with it yet uh going into this game at providence on uh, wednesday have you thought about what it's going to be like playing in a gymnasium where there are no fans i really haven't thought too much about that um uh, the good thing is we get to hear you guys you know we get to hear <laughs> you and Joe and see what you're saying so that's that's a real positive but I haven't, I think it'll be a little strange at first, but, um, 
as soon as the ball is thrown up, you kind of get into your own little zone and the players do too. Um, I think they're going to try and pump some crowd noise in to, to at least give us a little feel for that. But I think after the first few games that, that we won't think about it that much. That's my feeling. Joe, you got to behave yourself. You're a guy I, I'm going to, I'm going to speak out of school here. You almost got teed up once during the broadcast. I won't name the situation, but do you remember that day when an official told you to calm down a little bit while you're on no. the air with me? No, I, I remember a lot of those days when I was coaching, but I don't remember when I was on the air. So uh, yeah, yeah, you got the stink eye, and uh, I was fearful. So, coach, you, uh, you may, you may hear more from Joe than you actually bargained for here. That's all right. <laughs> Joe, you got anything, got anything else before we uh, yeah, to wrap I, on I, podcast one? I, I have two things, and I, I want quick answers, Jay. Number one, you picked ace. You got a major chip on your shoulder. And number two, we haven't talked about defense. Your personnel, your team is defense. So my question is, with four guys back that started 11 games or more and the two guys sitting out, you gotta you got to feel a little better about the mindset of your team defensively. So chip and defense – I, Bob's got to run. No, I got to run. So quick answers. Go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the good thing about the preseason polls is they're wrong all the time. So that's, that's <laughs> you know, they picked us, everybody picked us 12th last year and finished eighth. And we got a long way to, you know, it's, I, I still have, uh, I, I still cut it out and, and keep it on my mirror that we're, we're to remind me of where we need to go, you know, where, where everybody picks us. So I, I want everybody to play with a little chip on their shoulder. And yeah, I, I say this to, uh, We've been working a lot on offense, and, and we never want to lose our identity of who we are, and that's rebounding the ball and, and defending. And we've, we've spent some, some plenty of time on that, the guys will tell you. Uh, I think, you know, obviously we're trying to address a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, for us, and as long as I'm going to be here, it, it'll be about stops and rebounding, and, and that's what we've got to continue to do. Good stuff. Coach, uh, how do you and the team plan to uh, spend what's going to be a Thanksgiving that goes by in a blur? Well, hopefully we'll be celebrating a victory over Providence. I'm hoping that. And then yep. uh, we're going to get together because we got to practice. We'll practice because we got to play again on Saturday against Stony right. Brook. And then we've got uh, we've got a meal uh, coming for hit- for them uh, here. We'll spend it together and uh, get those guys home and get them some rest. Good stuff. Well, here we go. Uh, looking forward to a coach uh, hit the ground running. Uh, this is going to be uh, one one season to remember, one way or the other. But uh, I think uh, those of us who follow Fairfield basketball have a pretty good feeling about where it's where it's all going with you. So, uh, first of all, thanks for uh, being with us again for another season. And uh, secondly, and most importantly, uh, good health and good luck as we get this thing underway. Yeah, same to you guys. Have a have a happy Thanksgiving. All right. Th- Thank you. So, All right, Coach, that'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. A programming note, we do plan on producing Open Court every week during the season, with the exception of holidays and an occasional break here or there. Uh, Next week, amazingly, we'll have three games to talk about. We'll talk about Providence and Stony Brook and Sacred Heart, and then we'll get you ready for the home opener against the University of Hartford, and I'm sure there will be other topics that we didn't even get close to touching upon today that we can get into next week and down the line. In the meantime, have a very happy Thanksgiving for Coach Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Eastler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. We'll see you again next week. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. 
For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.